Hello, Michigan fans. This is Trevor Woods from the Block M Podcast, an affiliate of the Fans First Sports Network, coming to you after a 30-3 Michigan Wolverines victory over the East Carolina Pirates. It was a home opener, a season opener, a blue sky day in Ann Arbor, Michigan, that temperatures reached over 80 degrees. It was a hot one, but it was a good one if you're a Michigan fan or a Michigan player. Michigan, their offense had about 99 yards to go on their first possession, rushed the ball three times, three and out, had to punt, but it didn't take long for that tide to change against ECU. Mike Sainer still, cornerback, converted from receiver to corner last season. Sainer still had a clutch pass breakup against tight end Cade Stover in the Ohio State game in Columbus, and Sainer still looks more comfortable than ever on the defensive side of the ball. On that possession, Sainer still was able to pick off ECU quarterback Mason Garcia, which then was the turning point in the game, and then Michigan never looked back offensively. McCarthy really got cooking in this one. Michigan's quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, was 26 of 30 on the day and looks like a special connection may be brewing between McCarthy and whiteout Roman Wilson. But on the first drive, the first scoring drive that is for the Wolverines, McCarthy was able to find Wilson and McCarthy on that specific touchdown threw like a short stop on the run bought extra time, what McCarthy always seems to do so well, and found Wilson. Then it just kept happening throughout the day. And Wilson is somebody that McCarthy said after the game that he believes is one of the most special players in the country. And he he was special in this one. Six receptions for 78 yards and three touchdowns. Wilson displayed really good speed throughout the day. There was one play in particular where it would have been around a 70-yard touchdown. McCarthy threw it deep, absolutely on a line, as good of a pass as you can see. However, the defender hooked Wilson and ended up being a pass interference, but that would have been an absolutely remarkable play. Wilson actually dropped the first pass of the game. It was also a pass breakup. The cornerback punched it out, but Wilson said after that he still counts that as a drop. But not many other drops in this one for Roman, the Hawaiian native. And as great as Wilson was, as great as that connection was between McCarthy and he, McCarthy found other playmakers. Cornelius Johnson, five receptions for 71 yards. Johnson continued to get open, caught a couple balls in traffic. Uh, liked how he was able to go up and get it using his height. Tight end Colston Loveland, who broke onto the scene last season as a true freshman, absolute stud, continued that trend in this one, four receptions for 57 yards. What I really like to see, we heard a little bit about it this offseason, was running back Blake Corum, running back Donovan Edwards. There were plans to get them both on the field at the same time. Michigan did that in this one, got a glimpse of that. Uh, Sometimes you're not going to know whether it's Corum or Edwards running the ball. Blake Corum can certainly catch passes in his own right, but 
Donovan Edwards throughout his Michigan tenure to this point has looked absolutely special as a pass catcher to where he can motion out wide. He can line up wide to begin with, play the slot. He has some of the best hands on the team. And Edwards caught four receptions for 33 yards against ECU. But that is definitely a sign of things to come. Keep an eye out on that as the season progresses. This game against East Carolina, it counts. It's a win. But Michigan's not going to get all high and mighty about it. This is certainly a tune-up game. Michigan's going to get a couple more tune-up games before the Big Ten slate begins in Week 4. Next week will be against UNLV. Following that will be against Bowling Green. Two games Michigan will be favored heavily in but two games that are still very much important factoring in that once Big Ten season rolls around, most of these competitions, be it along the offensive line, who's receiver three, four, et cetera, who's going to be running back three, running back four, uh, who's going to be the primary edge rushers. Of course, Michigan's deep on both sides of the ball, uh, rotating players in and out to a certain extent. But there still only can be 11 guys on the field at one time on each side of the ball. And they would like to solidify some of these starting lineups. So that is going to be something to continue to look at the next couple weeks. But back to J.J. McCarthy. This was the second highest completion percentage in a game for a quarterback in Michigan history. 26 of 30, 280 yards, those three touchdowns all to Roman Wilson. McCarthy showed great accuracy every quadrant in the field, whether it was a screen-type throw, a shovel pass, some ad-lib throws down the middle of the field, deep down the field. It, it really didn't matter. McCarthy displayed great top-tier arm strength when he had to. He also knew how to drop it in with touch when he had to. And on one of the Wilson touchdowns was certainly the case. Two defenders are trailing Wilson and McCarthy through in the perfect spot. Got to give a lot of great credit to Wilson as well on this one. Great body positioning, good hands brought it in. But McCarthy, if this trend continues, he could end up representing Michigan in December in New York City at the Heisman ceremonies. Why do I say that instead of Blake Corum or Donovan Edwards? Well, Here's my rationale. As good as those two are, as elite as they will be and continue to be, it's a good thing for the Michigan team, but it might not lead to the most high of stat totals in the nation. McCarthy, on the other hand, there's already been inkling rumblings that Michigan's going to be a more balanced attack this year. McCarthy believes Michigan has to be to get to where they want to be, and that's get to a national championship. Michigan had one of the highest run-to-pass ratios last season. I believe it was over 60%. This year, they want to see it more in that 50-50 range. And part of that is based on personnel. You have a quarterback in McCarthy that can do it. And not only that, you got a good supporting cast around him in which McCarthy's able to do it. Whether it's Roman Wilson, Cornelius Johnson, Colson Loveland throwing to Donovan Edwards... There's Frederick Moore, a true freshman who's breaking onto the scene. And then there's others that really didn't get on the stat sheet today that could be big contributors down the line. Every indication is Michigan's very deep at wide receiver. 
Michigan's deep everywhere, I suppose, and certainly on the offensive line, a unit in which at Big Ten Media Day, head coach Jim Harbaugh, who wasn't on the sidelines today, and we'll get to that in a little bit, believes they have 10 starting caliber offensive linemen for Michigan. A lot of new faces today for the Wolverines, including along the offensive line, Miles Hinton, a transfer from Stanford, made his first start. Center Drake Nugent, also a transfer from Stanford, made his first start. Cornerback Josh Wallace, transfer from UMass, made his first start. Louisville transfer kicker James Turner, also made his first start. Then there were other transfers, such as Indiana's A.J. Barner, Arizona State's Ladarius Henderson, Coastal Carolina edge rusher Josiah Stewart, Nebraska linebacker Ernest Hossman. They all got into the action. Other players got first starts, such as safety Keon Sab, cornerback Keyshawn Harris, punter Tommy Doman, Kalel Mullins got in there at kick returner, Jake Thaw got in there as punt returner. This is always the case in college football. New faces, same places, new faces and new places. There's a bit of both for the Wolverines, and I think this is a good mix Add talent infusion when necessary, when applicable in the transfer portal. And some of those guys could end up being big additions for the Wolverines, such as cornerback Josh Wallace. He looked really good in coverage against ECU. He almost had a phenomenal pass interception on the sideline and ended up getting overturned and being called incomplete. But, man, it would have been one of the most impressive interceptions you can see if Wallace was able to bring it in, then there was Keon Sab, safety, who fared pretty well as well. Sab punched a ball out at one point, which would have been a big completion for ECU along the sideline. So that was really great to see. Looked like uh, Mike Sainer still might have taught him a thing or two. Or just defensive coordinator Jesse Minner has all these guys punching things out, which the Baltimore Ravens have always been known to do. Get a little martial arts in there. Speaking of martial arts, linebacker Colston Loveland was actually wearing a Karate Kid shirt at the post-game press conference, and he said he feels like a ninja, a Karate Kid right now. And yeah, I think these these defenders are going to keep on swinging, and they're going to they're going to be a tough unit. But there is one caveat to that: the unit didn't give up a touchdown today, but they also didn't get home for a sack. So if there's anything that was disappointing, and I think they would agree with me here, is going into this one, they would have bet anything that they would get at least one sack. So there's always things to improve upon, and I'm sure that's the way the Michigan team is looking at it. To It would have been nice to get home with a sack. But the bottom line is they only gave up three points on the day. It was a really good performance from Michigan's defense. Only 235 total yards they allowed in in the game. And a lot of that was in the second half when most of Michigan's starters were out. Now, it was was definitely a collaborative effort on defense for Michigan. When you look at some of the tackle totals, Ernest Hausman led the team with six. Then Keon Sab, Michael Barrett, and Junior Colson all had five. Jair Hill, Jaden Hood, and Christian Boyevin had four each. 
I really liked Hausman's ability to center guys up and tackle hard. Michael Barrett snuffed some plays out. So, But Michigan's defense today, they weren't flashy by any means, but they didn't have to be. They were efficient. They were effective. They did their job. They didn't allow the big play. And that's one thing defensive coordinator Jesse Minner said at his presser is that was the main thing today, not allow big plays. And they didn't. They didn't. They played more of a bend-don't-break, I guess you could say. And uh, they didn't really bend, and they, they certainly didn't break. The three points that East Carolina did, in fact, get kind of a joke came in the final seconds instead of you know trying to throw to the end zone the last play of the game. They just got a 33-yard field goal, so they didn't get the goose egg. And, and just from... From my point of view, Trevor was talking to you here. I thought it was it was quite lame, but oh well, a win is a win. Thirty to three, Michigan will certainly take it. Now let's get to Jim Harbaugh, a man that wasn't on the sidelines today. Michigan, the university, they they self-imposed a suspension for Harbaugh in light of. NCAA allegations and NCAA investigation into impermissible recruiting violations during the COVID-19 pandemic. Athletic Director Ward Manuel a few weeks ago said this is to further the process uh, and uh, acknowledging mistakes made on Michigan side of things. However, this suspension certainly isn't sitting well with Harbaugh. Earlier this week, he said it doesn't feel like a slap on the wrist. It feels like a baseball bat to the kneecaps. And I think the team feels the same way. J.J. McCarthy got off the team bus this morning, headed into the stadium wearing a shirt that said free Harbaugh on it with Harbaugh's number four. Other players were wearing Harbaugh's number four shirts as well, which is Harbaugh's number at Michigan, and then his number in the NFL for the majority of his NFL career. So the team definitely had Harbaugh's back no more notable than McCarthy because he actually put free Harbaugh on his shirt, which McCarthy was asked about at the end of the game, and he really didn't want to expound upon it too much. And he doesn't really have to because we all can see what the shirt says and what that means. And he just said he wants his coach back. McCarthy went on to say that it really sucked being without Harbaugh for this game. There are things that McCarthy said he wasn't expecting to be that much different. But McCarthy said he felt like something was missing and it was definitely Harbaugh. He said Harbaugh's presence, how it's all about winning, all about competing, all about pushing through. As simple as Harbaugh's pregame speech, McCarthy said he was missing that voice. While McCarthy said it sucked going out there without him, he said Harbaugh will be back week four and he's going to be hungrier than ever. Running back Blake Horm said he texted Harbaugh something that Harbaugh always tells the team before the game. The text said, play as hard as you can, as fast as you can, and don't worry. I miss hearing that, Coram said. It kind of gets me pumped up. The team was definitely pumped up. They played for Harbaugh today, no doubt about it. Had a little bit of a chip on the shoulder, which I think is going to last all season long, even when Harbaugh gets back. The offense even lined up in a train formation in the first quarter, all lined up behind each other like a locomotive. 
They all held up the number four. Once again, Harbaugh's number at Michigan. And then they broke into a play. But there's a couple ways in which the team let Harbaugh know he was thought of. McCarthy said that Harbaugh watched the game at Sharon Moore, Michigan's offensive coordinator's house. Moore, why was he at home, you may ask? Moore was suspended too, but that was a suspension that was approved by the NCAA, so that was on their end. The Harbaugh one hasn't been resolved with the NCAA yet, and yet Michigan self-imposed a penalty, I guess, to curry favor for the NCAA investigation, but we'll see if that works. Like Harbaugh said, baseball bat to the kneecaps. So Harbaugh ain't liking this. No matter what, even if he agreed to it, he is not enjoying this self-imposed suspension. He would prefer to be with his team. So it, no matter what, even if he was watching the game at Jerome Moore's house and they had a productive day in real time, jotting down notes, watching the game, figuring some things out, even if it was a productive day, there's no place Harbaugh would have rather been than at Michigan Stadium uh, on the field with over 109,000 Michigan fans surrounding him. So, yeah, because of that, it was definitely a weird day. Got to give Jesse Minter credit. Minter was the head coach on duty today, and Michigan Michigan was ready to play. And Harbaugh, he's around the entire week, but on game day, not around, kind of weird. Michigan pushed through. This is going to continue. Next week, it's going to be Mike Hart, running backs coach, coaching a half, and special teams coach Jay Harbaugh coaching a half. Week three will feature Sharon Moore as the head coach, and then Harbaugh will be back for the tilt against Rutgers. But there's so many layers to dissect. Another thing worth discussing is Michigan's kicker situation. Now, of course, Jake Moody, arguably Michigan's best kicker of all time. Moody was drafted in the third round by the San Francisco 49ers. Well, Michigan went to the transfer portal to find Moody's replacement in Louisville kicker James Turner. And Turner, definitely an up-and-down game in this one. Can't be too hard on Turner. It was just his first game in a Michigan uniform. Turner missed an extra point, and then Turner came back at the end of the first half and nailed a 50-yard field goal. However, in the fourth quarter, Turner then missed a long one. He missed a 52-yard field goal. So a missed extra point and missed long field goal. Not a big deal once. Moody won some games for Michigan with his leg throughout his tenure. And there's probably going to be at least one game this season that's going to come down to making or missing a couple field goals or extra points. So there's no doubt about it. Turner, hopefully, in the weeks to come. We'll nail these, but not a big deal, not a trend yet, but definitely will be something to monitor in the weeks to come. And something else to monitor is Home Field Apparel. Looking for a new fresh look this season? Our friends at Home Field Apparel have you covered. In case you aren't familiar, Home Field Apparel is a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of the Midwest. Not only is their stuff comfy, but it's officially licensed gear, so you have peace of mind knowing what you're buying is legit. The home field team studies the history, traditions, and legacy of every school, and with all that information, they create thoughtful designs that tell the unique story of each university. 
Homefield has some incredible Michigan designs you will not find anywhere else. From t-shirts to hoodies and crew necks, they have it all, so you can proudly represent the maize and blue wherever you are. So if you want a piece of the action, head over to homefieldapparel.com. Again, that's homefieldapparel.com. Lastly, today, because Sharon Moore was out, there was a play caller in the name of Kirk Campbell. Campbell, Michigan's new quarterbacks coach this season, I thought Campbell did an absolutely excellent job of game flow. When something wasn't working, he often changed it up with the ECU team continuing to stack the box. Campbell saw that let's exploit that with our passing game. And not only did Campbell dial up more passing plays, they were diverse. They got other players involved. Some were concepts that were short. Some were concepts that were deep. Some were shovel passes. Some were screens. I really liked the diversity of the palette in which Campbell used to dial up plays. So I wouldn't mind seeing Campbell call some more passing plays in the future or some more plays in general. We'll see if it ends up becoming a collaborative approach with play calling like we've seen in the past for Michigan. For example, it was Sharon Moore and co-offense coordinator who's no longer with the team, Matt Weiss, who were in charge of a lot of the play calling duties a season ago. So we'll see if how much Campbell indeed calls plays throughout the year. But it was definitely an encouraging showing from Campbell, who definitely deserves a game ball too, in my opinion, if I were in charge of giving them out. Last thoughts for you today are from Blake Corum. Corum said he believes Michigan's a complete team. And I agree. Some weeks, Michigan's going to have to win on the ground. And other times, they're going to have to win through the air. And they have the personnel to dial it up in a different way each week suited to the vulnerabilities and weaknesses of their opponent. So Michigan has a potent offense. They have a good offensive line, good running backs, good receiver, really good quarterback good special teams. It's going to be a good defense. How good it is remains to be seen. There's always more unknowns on that side when new cornerbacks are inserted and when new edge rushers are out there and other moving parts. Encouraging showing from them, but at face value, I find Quorum's comments to be accurate. They are a complete team. Now it's all about going out there and proving it and getting continuously better gradually throughout the start of the season. But Michigan has one in the books now, 1-0. Good to see. It was good to be back in Ann Arbor. And it's an absolute privilege being able to come to you each and every week with this podcast. And I'll be talking to you folks next week as Michigan faces UNLV, a 3.30 Eastern time start in that one. Once again, this is Trevor Woods. You can follow me on Twitter, X, if you will, at Woods Football. Be sure to subscribe to all Block M podcasts and affiliate of the Fans for Sports Network. Our podcasts come to you on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you can find your podcasts. Be sure to leave a review, a rating, and whatever you'd like. But I'll be talking to you all a week from now when Michigan takes on UNLV. Take care.